We are back with our next guest with Conversations with Community Heroes. And I am so excited about this day. We're here in Atlanta and it's a beautiful day outside. And I mean, gosh, we had a snowpocalypse here a few weeks ago in Atlanta. So, um, yeah. So I'm excited about doing Conversations with Community Heroes because, you know, we talk about what makes the great great. And it really is hard to say, but there are people in our communities that are doing great things that sometimes people recognize and sometimes people don't. And I love to get those heroes in where we can talk about who they are and what they do. And today I'm excited because our hero that we're interviewing today is Mr. Steven Scriber, and he's an attorney. He has his firm at Scriber Law Group in Marietta, Georgia, and also down in Midtown as well. And I don't like to do the long, drawn-out intros. So, Stephen, welcome. Well, thanks. <laughs> no, welcome to me too, right? Oh, yeah. We're so happy to have you here. You look fantastic. Well, thank you. So, I um, instead of doing kind of your bio, I want to talk to you about... Um, why you decided to practice law, and you look kind of young. <laughs> so you look like you're a young attorney. I actually um, listened to an interview today. Actually, on Instagram, there was this attorney. His first name is King out in California, and he was the youngest attorney ever in California, like 20 or 21 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. He skipped he skipped middle school altogether, and like it was like crazy. Oh, yeah. So um, tell us, I mean, you look like you're a young attorney. Why did you decide to practice law? How long have you been practicing? So I've been practicing law for the last seven years. Okay. Um, this is my second career. I was a high school teacher beforehand. I was a school teacher. I was a middle school teacher. Oh, oh my God. I taught 10th grade English and it was, it was awesome, but it was definitely not my permanent career. Okay. Yeah. What, um, what got you into teaching? Where, why was that your start? Well, I always enjoyed like working with underdogs. Mm -hmm. um, in one of the, my first job, I got a chance to work in the Mississippi Delta um, teaching wow. um, 10th graders. A lot of them had we're not on grade level, um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we got a chance to kind of work with them to kind of develop their skills and um, kind of work in spite of that system that was kind of designed to mm. let them fail. Right. Wow. I bet you were. So what were some of the things that you enjoyed as a teacher? Like, I tell people, I taught them like, um, I don't know, you're kind of young. Have you ever seen Lean On Me? Oh, Joe, yeah. Oh, like, I taught in a Lean On Me school oh, in Florida. Like uh, Joe, Cl <laughs> Joe Clark, <laughs> Joe Clark yes. with the baseball bat. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> crazy so you know what was something that was you talk about these were you, you love serving like the underdogs tell us about maybe a kid that you remember back when you were teaching that you just inspired you to be more oh man like my first year of teaching I thought it was a complete disaster like my kids were my kids generally did a good job mm -hmm. I just thought like right there, I was like I'm waking up like this is a complete disaster I don't know what I'm doing Wow. I'm up to 2 a.m. getting ready, but I don't know. <laughs> so I was I was 22, mm -hmm. and I looked like I was 16. Wow. Like, my principal would regularly stop me, be like, why are you in the hallway? It's like, oh, wait, you work here. Sorry. <laughs> it happened, like, every week without fail. It was hilarious. And I'm 33 now, and I'm like, I still like I'm maybe in you look young. college. You have so. good jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've aged well. I've stayed indoors. <laughs> um, but, like, later on, like, well, one of my kids did really well on the state test, which I thought was mm -hmm. was awesome. And then, uh, unexpectedly, like years later, like I was like looking through one of my students had a article they wrote about their high school experience, mm -hmm. and they wrote about me and how I kind of changed their wow. educational experience. I'm like, holy crap, that was Aww. unexpected. Like they were extreme. They, I began, I thought they were really rude, but they they turned around at the time, but I didn't really think much about it, and they're like. 
when I when Mr. Scriber gave me detention, that was my turning point. I was like, really? Wow. <laughs> of all people? Yeah, <laughs> years like, later. Yeah. So your second career, uh, practicing law. So tell us, you're an estate planning and probate mm-hmm. planning, probate attorney. What's what's estate planning, probate? I mean, when I think estate planning, I typically think older people. Mm-hmm. So do you have a lot of older clients? Like, how does that work? Yeah, we, we do have older clients, but estate planning kind of in general is the kind of the process of protecting the people you care about, um, protecting children. If you take care of your parents, a lot, a lot of people in my generation are starting to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have other charities or other causes you support, making sure that they receive the same kind of support after one's death or disability. Mm-hmm. So it's really a process kind of gathering assets, making sure you understand it, and then putting everything in place where something were to happen. Tragedy is fairly rare for younger people, but it does happen in to make sure everything is in place so that kids are taken care of. I like that, protecting the people that you care about. That's really important. So would someone say, I mean, do you recommend estate plans for older individuals or do you have to have a lot of you know, wealth or land? I mean, who, who comes in essentially to get an estate plan? Oh yeah, so as a general rule, I think everyone should have an estate plan. I mean, there's no hmm. too little to at least talk about what it, you should have. So. Hmm. If you have people you care about, you should talk about your estate plan. So for a lot of people, it's very easy. Mm-hmm. It might be like a will, making sure your bank accounts or your insurance policies are up to date and they go to the right people. Mm-hmm. For a lot of other people, who, especially people who have young kids or people who are directly responsible for someone else's economics or their health or safety, mm-hmm. they need to sort of talk about a more deliberate type of estate plan that may involve trust or power of attorney, other or anything else we can put into place to make sure that your kids or whoever you're de- whoever is dependent on you is protected and taken care of. And so when we think of estate planning, you you're right, you're young and why estate planning for you? I mean, you know, most attorneys you hear their personal injury, criminal, family law, why estate planning? Oh yeah. So I always root for underdogs. I mm-hmm. root for vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. And it turned out just in, both in my life when I my family had a probate dispute that ended up kind of resulting in me feeling like that had ha- like a like a like I had been taken advantage of a little bit. Mm-hmm. But more and then later on, I see our kids, the elderly people who are left vulnerable in a probate situation that could have been prevented by a good estate plan. Mm. So, and I guess in short that if people step up and plan their estates now, they can protect people and then they won't have to see me, their family will have to see me again in probate court or in a long drawn out meeting where we have to explain that there's more debts than assets, sorry. Um, mm. it's, it's one of the worst things you could tell people is that there's not much left for their kids or or the surviving kids and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's a generational wealth gap, and um, that happens in a lot of uh, communities. I myself am a minority woman, and I know that happens in a lot of communities because there's no wealth transfer. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So the way you get the way wealth is created is that most people inherit it. So wow. In, in not even a it doesn't even have to be a lot. Like for the middle class families might be able to transfer a house to their kids. That's mm-hmm. an asset that has value that can be sold and pay for lots of things. A lot of minority communities 
a lot of people who begin in the lower spectrum economically don't build that wealth. And not saying a state plan will magically create that wealth, but we can talk about strategies and bring in a financial advisor, bring in a team that can help you build that wealth so that while you may never be wealthy during your lifetime, you'll have some assets you can pass down mm-hmm. and start the process of your kids being wealthy and closing that long-term wealth gap. Wow. Tell me about a case that you find that's been the most rewarding for you, like someone that you've helped in your practice. Oh, man. So um, there's a, I'm going to be broad, uh, but right. we've had cases where we w- we've represented heirs um, who were about to be cut out of estates, um, either because of a will that was hastily thrown together by like another sibling or a step-parent mm-hmm. designed to kind of cut them out to... I don't know the language level, but kind of screw them over, screw them. And we were able to step in. We took the case to probate court, got the will thrown out, um, got a really good settlement. Um, this thing took over a year, but got a really good settlement. Um, wow. And she she was able to stay in her house, um, something that she was afraid she wouldn't be able to do. She was disabled. Mm. Um, and it just makes me feel better knowing that she's provided for that does. It makes you feel good. You're helping people. That's what we find it's a common with our attorneys. So really quick, what mark do you want to leave in this world? When when I die myself, I mean, as a state planner, I always think about that. Um, I want a room of people talking about how kind we were, how kind I was, how how much we helped, not just as attorneys, but as people who mm-hmm. listened to the, who listened to them when no one else would or didn't have